0: We at Autism and Color believe in letting people express themselves in the manner that they are most comfortable. We respect their freedom of speech and their voices. The views that our guests express are not always aligned with those of Autism and Color. Good day and welcome to Autism and Color. We are your hosts, LeBeki and Siobhan. And today, Siobhan and I are interviewing Dr. LaShonda Faust who has a son that's on the autism spectrum. Good
1: day, ladies. Good day. Hey. It's Good to see
2: you both. Good to be seen. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Indeed,
0: indeed. So welcome, Dr. Faust. You and I had a conversation about a week and a half ago, and you were telling me about your son, Elijah. I want you to tell the listening audience, when was your son- diagnosed with Autism Spectrum Disorder?
2: Uh, my son Elijah was diagnosed um, with Autism Spectrum Disorder at the age of 16 while he was in the 11th grade.
1: Wow. So what led to that, you know, him being age 16? Because that sounds kind of late in the game. Exactly, that's the, what I was Autism Diagnosis.
2: Right. Um, Originally, because he is, you know, such a smart student in school, when I noticed at home there there was a difference. Um, you know, I'd ask the teachers, you know, is he disorganized? Do you have to tell him things like three, four, five times, you know, that sort of thing. And and they were like, No, he's excellent. He doesn't speak, you know, he, he doesn't really talk unless he's given the right answer. And but I'd have um, chore charts on the refrigerator. I mean, like at 16, I mean, really, um, and have to remind him to look at the chore charts. And, you know, he was just disinterested in 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 a lot of things. Um, so one day I, I received a call from his avid teacher who told me that um, he came to her during lunch a couple of days that week. And um, this particular day, after lunch, he kind of didn't snap back. And I was like, well, what do you mean? She said he, it's like he lost track of about 20 minutes. He was just sitting there and nobody could like, he was like in a daze. He was like Mm. gone. And I was like, what do you mean? And so I immediately left work and took him to the emergency room and they, you know, he, he had a lot of tests done to see if Maybe he had a, a seizure or, you know, something was going on there, but um, it, it wasn't that. And so I wanted to know exactly what was going on. So, you know, I, I contacted a couple of people and um, the psychiatrist at the emergency room, because he had to wait a day to see the psychiatrist um, virtually. Um, they suggested that he he have a battery of tests conducted to see exactly what was going on. So it wouldn't happen again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: When I spoke to you by phone, you stated that he had been diagnosed with a few other diagnoses prior to (laughs) autism.
2: They were all diagnosed at the same time. Really? Yes. So um, during that battery of testing is when I discovered um, some of the other diagnoses, there were maybe like three, but with this recent battery of testing, there are about six other ones. Okay. Um, so
1: what are his, if you don't mind, what are his diagnoses?
2: Gosh, I wish I had that list right with me. But um, originally it was um, ASD, depression, anxiety, and um, you know, with the, with the anxiety was the social anxiety. So yes, that was about the, the diagnoses originally. Mm
0: -hmm. And you stated that you just had him, you had him reevaluated.
2: I had him reevaluated because now that he's 21 and I do have a power of, I had to go and get a medical power of attorney because, you know, at this point he's so anxious that I'd have to make his doctor appointments and, you know, speak on his behalf. But, you know, at this age, well, when he went to college, that's when the FERPA and the HIPAA and all of that went into place. And I I just couldn't speak and they wouldn't speak to me. So I knew that I had to have something in place so that I would know what was going on. So when he had this uh, second battery of testing um, that started in September, because he was seeing a psychiatrist um, who noticed, he said that he thought that this was going on, but you know, it just seemed extensive. So I said, let me get this testing done. And then if that's the case, in order to get um, disability, hopefully approved, then we probably need some more recent testing done um, just to confirm the diagnoses. That was my thinking. I I don't know where that came from, <laughs> but um, I've just know, I, I know people who've gone through uh, the medical Process of trying to get disability and they keep getting denied and I I just rather not. Um, so this w- most recent time we just had the feedback session um, a couple of weeks ago, his dad and I and the ASD obviously is still there, um, depression, social anxiety, uh, PTSD, hmm. um, food intake avoidance.
0: Hmm. Let me ask you a question. Did they explain to you what food intake avoidance is?
2: Yes.
1: Were you aware that it was an issue?
2: I did. I I was that, that was the issue. That wasn't, that's been an ongoing issue like all of his life. You know, when he was younger, I thought he was just a picky eater. Um, And then when he went off to college, he became a vegetarian. And so you know, he's just always been odd eating, a little different. Um, and now, you know, it kind of makes sense. Bipolar, too.
0: What is food avoidance?
2: <laughs> well, it, it, he doesn't have to. He, he's not excited about eating. It's not high on his priority list. And so sometimes he just chooses Not to, when he's not, when he's not focused on eating, he just won't. So I have to tell him that he needs to eat.
1: So you have to remind him.
2: Right. Okay. I've
0: always wondered about our kids who are on the spectrum, whether they're really conscious of the fact that they're hungry.
2: I know. I I mean, some, some days he wouldn't eat at all. And I'm going you have to eat something like a granola bar, oatmeal, something, just please something. Eat something. And I, because he's I, underweight, you know, I'm really, really um, concerned. <laughs> and he's always been underweight. He was a premature, um, he has a twin sister. So they were preemies.
0: I want our listening audience to know that your son is on the higher end of the spectrum, which means he has language. He's able to communicate and, He's just he has a social, I mean, phobia. However, it comes with it kind of mm-hmm. comes with autism. You know, that's oh social, I forgot
2: agoraphobia. He's right. right. He has agoraphobia. With, uh it, there, there were so many. <laughs> I just he so
1: with regard to school, how did how did he manage that with agoraphobia? Was he was he going to campus?
2: we'll see all of this like I said was new I mean he's 11th grade I mean he was a boy scout he um actually completed his um um Eagle Scout project I mean he's going to camp every summer he I mean he was just I I don't I, I, I didn't understand um and I'm still trying to learn to understand how it all came about. And um, during his uh, feedback session, uh, the psychologist was telling me that he is, because he's so you know, intellectually advanced, he was probably being able to function by suppressing all of those things that he did not really feel comfortable doing, but he knew he was good at. So he's really uh, motivated by being good at things. So
0: So that's how he was able to cover it up. And, you Mm know, I read in this book, that's what happens with the women who are diagnosed later on in life. They're able to suppress what it is that they have. And they're able to get out in front of people and just do. But later on, they crash.
2: Right. Right. And, and he said that's exactly what happened to him um, during that time that he lost that time. He just it just all kind of came down on him.
1: Yes. Wow. I know usually we're asking questions about like how you know how did they do in school? how did they <laughs> do it, you know friends how how, how, it, how ha, has he been all of these years? When it came to like friendships and things of that nature, how, how did he engage with his peers?
2: Um, he's always been very outgoing. Um, he, he was in Mm -hmm. an oratorical contest at church and I mean, he's just always been on the front. He was in plays and, you know, he, he likes to perform, um, and he, he likes to be heard. And so, you know, if he has a listening audience, he is being heard. Um, and so, it was just really strange to me. Um, he had friends; he didn't have a lot of friends, but he had friends, and he went over their homes. I mean, we we had parties. You know, it it, it just he seemed to be, you know, that we we were social butterflies. His Sister and I, and I mean, he just kind of fit right in mm-hmm. um, and he would go places with us. And now, you know, I can't get him to go to the store with me sometimes, but if he wants to go and he's, I guess he's built up the, you know, need to go, then he'll go um, with his friends. He's been to a couple of concerts, which blows my mind. Right. Um, <laughs> But his sister, you know, did share with me. Um, she she calls herself his manager because he's he's um, into music right now. Um, he he lost it at a couple of the uh, concerts that she took him to. The very first one, you know, he um, he she said he got overexcited and overheated, and you know had to go over to the side and empty his um, his stomach um, a couple of times which, you know, if, if that's what it takes, I guess I was really nervous about letting him go to a concert, but he wanted to go because mm-hmm. they invited him to go. He's actually been on a couple of people's tracks on the, you know, he's <laughs> <laughs> this boy, he um he's, he's developing his own music genre and he uh, has a very big presence on social media and he's, Rapping and singing and making music and. Okay. He's pushing
1: boundaries and yeah. perceived boundaries of people who have autism and, and all of this stuff. So yeah. he's doing this thing.
2: And he's made a discord um to connect other people who feel like they've, you know, been outcast so that they can uh, communicate. Um, but I was I was sharing with Lebeki that in high school he's, he's hyper-focused on saving the world is what I call it. I had to get him to scale back writing to congressmen and congresswomen and people in DC about issues that he felt very uh, strongly about. But he at one time was, was, was mailing and sending 10 letters a day to different people and um, getting responses. And, you know, he joined the con. I think I want to say it's a conservation um group in Charlotte because he's you know he really feels strongly about the environment and um we were he was like the youngest person in there There are usually older people in the club but you know he whatever he whatever he's focused and feel strongly about he it's it's done I am so psyched about that <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right. Because I remember you telling me that how musically inclined he was or is uh-huh. how he he's very conscious, socially aware, and yes. he, he really cares about the the environment. And so th- when he sees something is amiss, he will write the necessary congresspeople to let them know how he feels. Good for him. <laughs> and I say good for him because we need more people like him to express themselves to our Congress people to let yes. them know where we are and what, what we stand for and what we want. That's yes. right. And, he, and he's
1: a voter,
2: how about that? Oh yes, yes, he's <laughs> big on voting.
1: <laughs> Good for him. We will take a brief pause for the cause and we will be right back with Autism and Color with LeBecki, Siobhan and Dr. Faust.
0: Hi, this is Rebecca from Autism in Color. If you are listening to us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, or Google, we want to hear from you. Drop us a line at AutismInColorInfo at gmail.com. That's AutismInColorInfo at gmail.com. We want to hear your feedback, your thoughts on our shows. If you would like to be on our show, to do a commercial on our show, drop us a line at autismincolorinfo at gmail.com. That's autismincolorinfo at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you because we are keeping autism on the table and in the conversation.
1: Welcome back to Autism and Color with LeBecki Shabon and Dr. Faust. So I'm thinking, um, Dr. Faust, when
2: we
0: were speaking, I remember you saying how Elijah is interested in animals.
2: Yes. Could you tell he us about is, that? Um, very interested in animal animals. Always has been their well-being. You know, we would sit and watch the ASPCA shows when he was younger and- I, I, I mean, I, I, I couldn't, <laughs> it was just so sad. And, you know, I, I thought that one day he would be an animal activist or something to that effect. Um, he is kind of low key, I guess. Um, so, you know, if we're riding past a, um, an animal who's been hit by a car or something, we'd have to have a moment of silence because, you know, he's just so upset. Um, so his feelings for animals are... Genuine. And so I, something in my heart knew that eventually he would become a vegetarian um, because he just, he doesn't, he doesn't feel like animals should be killed unnecessarily. And so he feels like, you know, if we're killing for food and we have more than enough food, then that's not the right thing to do.
0: I remember when I felt that way. But then I was told that God put these animals on earth because he knew that we would need food to eat. Mm-hmm. And so that's why. But at yes. first I kind of felt the same way. Interesting.
1: I did remember I'm when food. I you remember when I brought that to you, Siobhan? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was a vegetarian in my 20s. Oh. But I like a good steak. Oh, so. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, animals.
2: <laughs> right.
1: But I, you know what? I wish that I could, like, like, when I was growing up, my grandfather had a farm. And, you know, everything that came off that farm went into the house, you know. Right. So when we went down south, we ate fresh everything mm-hmm. from my grandfather's farm. So.
0: Nice. Yeah. We talked about family, family involvement. So who Siobhan likes to say, who's your tribe? Who are those that are there? Who are those who understand and maybe don't understand?
2: Um, well, uh, right now our family unit consists of his twin sister, uh, me, uh, myself and him, um, his dad. Um, has his own place but he's in his life um he will tell anybody his grandmother is his favorite person in the world at first you know I felt some type of way about that but um I'm over it um <laughs> you know he'll talk to her he'll call her and he gets super excited to talk to her and you know it's just like mom you know but you know she's his biggest cheerleader um she doesn't really understand what's going on But I mean, like at all, Um, um, but it doesn't matter. He's a boy. And we always joke with my mom about her being biased um, with the boys. Um, So, yeah, he 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 loves his grandmother and she loved him.
1: That's all that matters.
2: (laughs) Now, my sister um, and her husband, they are not accepting of any of this because at all, because Everybody knows him as, you know, the outgoing young, this boy, he, he was in the people to people program at eight, eight or 10. He went to London, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales to uh, with 50 people because he wanted to explore the world. Um, (laughs) I I mean, without me, (laughs) you know, and so they thought I was crazy to let him go. But you know, I'm, I'm a world traveler, so I, I encourage my children to go wherever they can. Um, but, you know, them knowing him as a straight A student as you know, this, you know, phenomenal individual. They are not accepting that he has transformed into his authentic self is what I'm going to call it. I'm not transformed. And so he uh <laughs> most also, I uh, have Elijah. The same background
3: though. I'm sorry for interjecting, but a lot of autistic people perform the same way in school. Like they're all very amazing students, uh social outcasts slightly, if not majorly, but they all perform exceptionally well. It's only in their later years that they start to become a bit disheveled because the outer world changes dramatically. Uh, and you have to deal with a lot of changes. And stability is a very big thing for autistic people. So that's why that's what people don't know about. Yeah, so. Thank you, Elijah. <laughs> Elijah, thank you very
0: much for putting it into context.
1: And yeah. perspective, that's right. And
0: perspective, right? Because yeah. you said it, organization and structure is what you need. Yes, so that you can live your best life. Yes, thank you, Elijah. Love it. <laughs>
3: yes, I <laughs> like that. You know, he, wow. Oh God, he,
2: he left. He, he's in the kitchen. They said thank you for putting it into perspective, and and thank you.
3: Oh, wait. No problem. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we had input from Elijah doing this interview,
1: and we are greatly appreciative of his input. That's right, of his of his personal perspective being someone who is on the spectrum. And recognizing yes. who he is, what he
0: stands for, and what the world brings to him instead of what he brings to the world and how the world affects him. How about that part?
1: Yes. And yes. speaking on behalf of his con- contemporaries with autism
2: i love it and so when we you know when we have that family gatherings um now that covid has um kind of dampened that that um spirit uh he was he was great about it he was like oh yay we don't have to go over there (laughs) Uh, so um you know but because it's family you know we his sister and i we talk him into going at least for a little while Um, sometimes we'll drive separate cars she and I so that you know when he feels like he's had enough you know she's able to bring him back Um, but you know he loves his family of course but he is intolerable just like I am of ignorance and uh, (laughs) they can get a little ignorant Um, (laughs) I mean you know especially around him. And when the focus is on him, he just, of course, can't stand it. Um, And they'll sometimes go in, it's what we call it, um, because they don't understand and they don't know, they they don't understand how to address him. Um, He got into a very big um, discussion um, with my niece because, you know, she was trying to understand him and almost he felt like he was being baited um, because she was trying to have a conversation and uh, my daughter and I were she calls it button in and trying to speak for him and you know I I I almost didn't notice that I do that but my my daughter explained to her that we know him well and so sometimes we try to um cushion the conversation by giving our input. Um, but she wanted to hear from him. And mm. I mean she was very aggressive with the questioning. And you know, we know the signs of when he feels anxious and his fidgeting and and, and you know all of his memory stuff.
0: The sensory yes. stuff starts yes. to show.
2: Right. Now they didn't recognize that, but of course we did, and you know we were trying to still allow her to, you know, have a conversation with her cousin without making him on sensory overload because we were explaining when we get home we get the tail end of that, and I mean we, I mean, so can what I ask happened? Can I ask? What? I was gonna say. I was gonna say. So after an overload he has a meltdown Um, and it could be an hour. It could be all night. I mean, you know, and if I don't have to deal with that, I would rather not. Um, And I mean, with the, with the yelling and the, you know, the hitting stuff and crying and the, you know, I just, I can't, I I'd just rather not. It's, it's avoidable. So why not avoid it? It's not
0: what was the conversation? What kind of conversation <laughs> was he having with the cousin? Was she talking at him? Was she not allowing him to say his piece? Was she, um, was
2: she? Yes. All of that. She was all of that trying to, she said she was trying to understand him now because he wasn't that way before. And so basically she wanted a rundown of the change, I guess, and trying to understand how he got to where he is now. But it was a pushy conversation.
3: Mm.
2: It was, you know, you used to do this, but now you don't. And, you know, why and how and why is it this? You know, it, it was it was aggressive and it was loud and it got really loud, um, and yes.
1: Was she frustrated?
2: She was very frustrated. Um, okay. And she said she was frustrated because then my mother was um, trying to uh, uh, cushion the conversation, you know, just calm down. Why are you so aggressive? And she was like, why are everybody trying to speak for him? And you know what well, he can speak. He's intelligent, you know, and um, well, I'm just trying to have a conversation with my cousin and 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 they don't understand so.
0: so has it gotten better with her or is it still the same it was just a conversation but i mean since then
2: <laughs> he hasn't he hasn't talked to her okay i mean you know he, he 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 is no nonsense do you understand what i'm saying so yeah i don't even think they've spoken but they don't speak you know well, it's not it's not like they they were speaking before. you know what i'm saying they don't okay. have a real relationship really
1: Okay so she, here she comes at she's coming at him <laughs> right and we don't even we don't even get down like that in the first place
2: it, So absolutely. how are you going
1: to come at me all crazy right. girl
2: <laughs> right for real
0: let me ask how do they take him being so very literal because you know those who are on the high end of the spectrum they're very direct they <laughs> say what they mean and they mean really? what they say and it can be kind of hurtful if you don't understand so did he give her any of that
2: Well, the thing is he when he's family is almost like the general public he goes into his place he goes over there he'll have his his um switch with them his ds switch he'll have his headphones he'll he he's just there you know he doesn't really Oh, know, he, he doesn't want to interact in yeah he he is just y'all better be glad that i'm here you know, <laughs> that sort of thing
0: okay, okay. Um, he just shows up stays
2: in his space eats and-, and then we're going home okay okay
1: and with that we will take another brief pause for the course we'll be right back with autism and color with lebecky siobhan and dr Lashonda faust Just in Case Armed Defense Instruction is the premier firearms training company for personal defense, firearm proficiency, and situational awareness for the effective protection of self, family, home, and community. Now serving Charlotte, Concord, the Triad, and surrounding areas. Whether you're a first-time shooter or experienced with firearms, work with passionate, knowledgeable instructors to improve your ability to defend yourself and all that you love. For more information, email Justin at CommunityADI.com. That's J-U-S-T-I-N at CommunityADI.com. Call or text at 704-625-6268. 704-625-6268. Don't be caught unprepared because as we say at J-I-C-A-D-I, peace is preferred, but just in case. This segment is being brought to you by Let's Talk About It The Autism Center, Inc., serving young adults with ASD ages 17 through 40 and their caregivers since 2018. Check out our website to get to know more about us and find out about our upcoming events. Find us at Let's Talk About The Email us at Let's Talk 1922 at gmail.com. Or call us at 704 704- eight three five three six zero five let's talk about it the autism center where we're keeping autism on the table and in the conversation we look forward to hearing from you welcome back to autism and color with lebecky siobhan dr faust and now we have a fantastic elijah hi elijah Hello. hi elijah <laughs> elijah has joined the
0: conversation yes he has so tell us, tell us about your
3: accolades, Elijah. Um, well, first I was born, came out, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> I joined the Boy Scouts when I was like six and I was there until I was 18. And I did like hundreds of hours of community service. And throughout that, it helped me learn a lot about my community and how important community was. And it made me realize like how much inequity affected the city and it made me think from an early age okay like this isn't right and how should we fix this because it was it was pretty obvious to me at least from it about like a that we have a lot so no one should have nothing like the people that we were serving uh, food for at rooms in the Inn and stuff like that. I was like, these people shouldn't have to come to a church to be warm for the night and get some food when we're throwing away hundreds of pounds of food per location of like fast food restaurant every day. And we have empty buildings that have been neglected by the city, but of course they're not gonna utilize that until they have to gentrify an area so they can make profit. Uh, That's a rabbit hole, I'm not going down um <laughs> well you sound you sound pretty passionate
1: well I'll say you are pretty passionate about this yeah so you you make music yeah yeah okay so how does your
3: music reflect your views uh it's pretty transparent uh, it's kind of just like Everyone, like I, I'm just talking about how I want equity and how there's corruption in almost every facet of our life, and we together as a people need to, like, wake up and realize it and do something about it. Like, okay, America needs to, at the very least, the workers need to start unionizing so that we can get workers' rights back in this country because there's absolutely no reason that. Well, no, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm trying to stop myself so that I don't start ranting about things that are <laughs> wrong. Good for you. I, I know I'm supposed to be talking about my accolades, um, but there's just a lot wrong and there's a lot that I have to say. And I was already making music and I was like, how, how do I combine these two things that I love mm-hmm. and I'm passionate about and that's- So that we whatever. got music from it. And yeah. you know, music is the big is the big uniter just historically that's what i was thinking i was thinking you know no one really reads anymore no one's gonna pick up these theory books and the thing about america is people don't have time if you were to go hey look into this hey look at this read this look at this people would go i I simply don't have the time for that but everyone has time for music Mm -hmm. music spreads like wildfire in the united states of america the entertainment industry is one of the biggest industries if not the biggest in this country um and I was just like, well, if I make this sound good, people are going to listen to it. Absolutely. And it's something that people are going to gather behind because I feel like a lot of people recognize the problems. They just don't know the solutions. Or Bearing. they there's this overbearing feeling that something is wrong, but no one really knows what, what that is. Do. So oh, tell me this, do. Elijah.
0: Mm-hmm. Your clothing line that you are creating, does oh. it? go along with your music.
3: I don't really have a line. I just make I just make stuff. Uh I'm just a little punk kid. So, I guess it does go with my music cuz that's kind of what the core of punk is. It mm-hmm. rose out of uh like there was corruption in but, like entertainment industries and in society and there was just a group of angry kids and they were just like, "Hey, let's write music about how this is messed up." And okay. Who are some of your favorite artists? Oh, my God. And what genre?
1: Okay. I mean. I
3: shouldn't shouldn't ask that, John. What genre? Because we could be here for a while. Uh, (laughs) Just top of your head. Give me your two or three favorite
1: artists. Two or
3: three. That's a little bit.
1: Okay, Uh, one.
3: (laughs) Oh, that's that's too stringent. It's too limited. I can go, um I'll do five. Uh I like Agent Orange, uh City Morgue's really good, like Slipknot a lot, Otis Redding. Oh my God. He's mm-hmm. my God. Out Green is also amazing. Um okay. I love, well, tsunami. Tsunami's really good. Tsunami's a really good hardcore band that's based in California. Um Kind eyes. shout out Kind eyes, shout out Murphy. Um, they're in California too. They're a good hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, they're well. Uh, I, I've I've named quite a few already.
1: Mm-hmm. But, so, are you a lyrics guy? Is yeah. it their lyrics that that make you good feel what you feel? It's emotions. to music.
3: And again, I'm sorry. I am a lyrics guy, but I'm also a uh, like a, I don't know, like a cadence guy. Like good music is good music. Fair end. enough. I, I, it depends on what mood I'm in. If I really don't care about what's going on, then I'll just play whatever. But I think music is just the way that people tell their stories. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always down to listen to people's stories okay do you
1: have any um any music that we could possibly share with our audience
3: you have any that's uh, ready anything that's ready yeah yes even though it's not <laughs> this stuff that i've been working on recently which i think is much better but i okay. do have stuff uh, that
1: you're willing to share
3: yeah okay
1: because I, I, if you don't mind, I'd like to add it to the show. Would that be cool? Oh. great, cool. Thank you.
2: Um, there, you may have to add a disclaimer. You know, with the the little, the, the...
1: explicit lyrics, For
2: all of that. Yes,
1: okay. <laughs> I can make
3: it really safe. I can always go in and.
1: No, you don't need to edit it, sweetheart. Oh, we're gonna, okay. we're, we'll put it up as is, and we will put the disclaimer. Okay, um, yeah.
3: I don't know when that will be.
2: What do you mean? You have some stuff on Spotify right now?
3: No, I have stuff on SoundCloud. I'm at SoundCloud. Spotify is coming this summer, though.
0: <laughs> can you sing?
3: I can't. I don't often sing in my songs, but I do love singing. I I I often incorporate my singing in background vocals because, like, that just helps assist things. Could we hear a little tune? A little tune. <laughs> ah, I don't know if I can sing right now. I just woke up and I ate breakfast and now I'm nervous. Uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's
3: fair. If you feel up to it. I don't know if I'm... Da, 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 da. I not i do not have anything for you. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Okay, but... so what are some things you're looking to accomplish? Revolution with a little R. As long as I can teach people and sow the seeds of some sort of social and industrial revolution in this country and make some sort of change, then like that, that's, that's all I'm looking for is.
1: Helping. Elijah, the revolutionary.
3: Yeah, essentially. I love, I love it. I love it. Interesting how I've always been like that. I just didn't know uh-huh. what uh-huh it was tied to and then when i found that and i found that community i was like wow thank god and it's been here for so long it blew my mind because i was like people have been screaming about this stuff since the 18th century people have been screaming the black panther party that they don't teach you about in school and they criminalized heavily in america they were screaming this stuff too like they're the reason that kids have free lunch they're i mean free breakfast and like (laughs) all this other stuff and then the CIA kills Fred Hampton because he's be becoming too successful in educating people too much about community and and how how to pull yourself out of poverty. Yeah, all that, like, exa- literally Ooh. eliminating poverty in the United States, which is a really dangerous rhetoric for uh, for the top two, <laughs> for, for the top two percent to hear everyone else learning about and like echoing. So yeah. Uh,
2: that's, I start
3: labeling stuff domestic terrorism because it threatens the American way of life but if you look into what they're really like labeling terrorism sometimes uh, a lot of terrorism is actual terrorism but when it comes to like community-led efforts when they start labeling that stuff domestic terrorism you can tell that they're threatened and they're just like oh my god these people are learning that you know us exploiting them isn't the best for them and it only helps us so we should do something about this and that's Mm -hmm. that's when you start seeing leaders assassinated okay (laughs) i hear you rest in peace for them too
1: thank you thank you so much elijah for your input thank you for your your perspective and you know your spirit because i think that you know it, it takes people who want to change to make the change, so.
3: I will literally die. <laughs> I'm so tired of nothing happening. And and so many people won't do anything out of fear. I simply do not care anymore. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, you heard it. You I, heard it from the
1: horse's mouth, ladies and gentlemen. Full throttle. Like Elijah guns. is tired of it.
3: I'm tired of it, literally, okay. I'm tired of so, it.
1: So what do you want to be when you grow up? what's what's next for you I know we have the music we have the clothes where do, where are we taking this for you
3: uh where am I taking it mm-hmm. I don't know I just want a whole bunch of people to hear my music and uh you know be able to live off of that to some degree and uh I'll be able to I don't know, make more stuff, educate more people. I kind of, okay. let's keep going in the direction I'm going in. Uh, and with the center goal being change and educating people. So I don't really know what the end goal is or what I really want to be. I guess like an artist, and uh, hopefully I get, I become big enough to where I have an influx of income and I have more than I need and I can actually help people and mm-hmm. uh i'll have the funds to implement systems that i think would be good in my community and then right. other communities that this could work that's kind of like the goal that's what's up <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you what's your take on autism <laughs> that's a big question uh what what do you mean? What is my take? I guess I should ask for further clarification. Ah, uh, I like that.
0: How do how do you feel about the diagnosis of autism? Uh and how I mean, do you feel your community?
3: I'm, 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 I'm pretty autistic. I'm pretty cool with it. I think it's it's accurate. Uh I think the community is a neat community to be a part of. However, it is a community that is silenced very often and overshadowed by the voices of people who aren't actually autistic. There's a lot of not autistic people who try to talk about autism and then get it wrong and then get mad at autistic people for talking about autism. It happens a lot, especially on the internet. Um, Yeah. Could you
1: give us an example? Right, because so, uh, my question was, uh,
0: my question, I was trying to say, how do you feel, do you feel socially accepted
3: by the community at large? Oh, the general community? Yes. Um, I, I don't really talk to the general community. Uh, I, I try to stay away from people. People are kind of scary. Uh,
0: so do you stay away because you feel that like they they do not
3: understand who you are? Um, To a degree, yes. That's part of it, most definitely. But people are just genuinely terrifying. Like you you don't know what they're thinking or what they're going to do or what their intentions are, Mm -hmm. what their morality or ethical code may be and all this other stuff. Like you, you don't really know what's going on inside somebody else's head. And I think that's what makes people so scary to me. It's because when I run the new people, it rarely goes well. So I try to stay with the people that I've always had. <laughs> Good for you. Um, it's so online.
1: <laughs> with, with regard to some of the misconceptions that people um, put out there, what are what are a couple of the misconceptions that, you know, that young people with autism rail against in terms of what, people are
3: putting out there so uh, often oftentimes when you're like just well say you meet somebody new and you want them to know more about you or you want them to like understand how you function and you have to tell them that you're autistic if you don't look or speak or act a certain way as to what they think autism is they'll go like oh you don't look autistic or like they won't believe you or something and I think that's really silly because there's so 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 many autistic people that don't fit this uh this little box that they try to place autism in like the general public is so ignorant as to what autism is and how how big how broad the spectrum is and how like we all behave that if you don't fit in their ignorant view of autism, they're kind of dismissive of you being autistic. And then they try to d- basically dis- diminish or dismiss all the struggles that you have. Gotcha. You. Like they'll be like, oh, uh, you don't look autistic. And then you'll explain more and da da da. And then they'll be like, oh, well, then, oh, in that case, everyone's a little autistic. And you're just like, no, <laughs> that's not how that works. Right.
0: Wow. Elijah, you said you said something a few minutes ago about you don't like that folks who are not on the autism spectrum speaking about autism.
3: Yeah, like um, there's a lot of problems with people who aren't autistic speaking about and for the autistic community without the input of autistic people. That, that'd be like a whole bunch of white people t- talking about Black people and and their struggles with being Black in the country and not having a single Black person advise them about the conversation or even guide them or speak about their perspective. It's kind of, I think it's a bit silly.
0: I get what you're saying. How do you feel about your mother or m- myself speaking about autism because we both have kids who are on the
3: spectrum? I mean, I don't know. I guess that's, a separate experience but i don't think you can you can't really speak on like how autism would affect someone you can only really speak on like how being around someone who's i guess like observing um and being close to somebody who was autistic and like their general tendencies and stuff and just talk about i don't know your your outside perspective on autism but you can't really be like oh this is how it this is how it is for someone who's autistic because like you don't really know. Mm-hmm. Even if you want to, or even if you identify or like you feel sh- strongly when like we're we're struggling, or like when we're uh in peril, like you might be able to identify with that or like feel close to that and be like, oh, I want to help, or like, oh, I, I feel your distress and I relate to your distress, but you you'll never be able to like fully understand how it is being autistic because I can't clock out I can't clock out Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll be tired it's always there
1: it's always
3: there it's not shifts I can't I can't be autistic for eight hours and clock out thank you so much for
1: that (laughs) but thank you so much for that that's yeah yeah there's no, there's no shifting in and out of it. It is what it
3: is all the time. All the time. It's, it's, it's oh, even worse when like, you know how something may affect you and then you can't avoid it. So you're just like, oh, it'd be really convenient if I wasn't autistic right now. <laughs> so we, we have had a
1: very, very, very interesting uh, conversation with uh, Dr. Faust, as well as Elijah. And you know what we realize, ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot more to cover. <laughs> so this is not the end of this. This is merely a part one of interviews that are to come as well. So um, Dr. Faust and Elijah, thank you so, 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 so much. And Elijah, we so appreciate your perspective on things. and are very happy to um to speak with you and get that perspective
2: thank you for having us
1: absolutely and we look forward to having some of elijah's music that we will also share on this podcast so thanks a lot family. This is your girl, Siobhan from Autism in Color. And Lubecky and I wanted to remind you to like Autism in Color, subscribe to Autism in Color, and most importantly, to share Autism in Color. Because we at Autism in Color give families the opportunity to share their unique experiences, their challenges, and their triumphs. We at Autism in Color are keeping autism on the table and in the conversation. So don't forget Like, subscribe, and share.